You're listening to DraftKings Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, are you guys ready? For what? <laughs> to do headlines. Uh, do you want to go through who does what? Ah, sh- All right. <clears throat> Welcome to Oddball. Damn it, Team USA. God damn it, man. I made a damn Trump, Noah Lyles, uh, Laura Ingram, goddamn Megyn Kelly flag burning meme for you people because I thought you would take care of business. That's Charlotte Wilder, by the way. Uh, We got a conversation with LaMarcus Aldridge coming later. It's really fun to go back in time with him. Should I be headlines. concerned? Give me the Should I be, are you good? Are you all right? Is this yeah. an... Just do, we... just do the show. Just do the okay. show. Uh, all right. Uh, <clears throat> in an overtime thriller, Team USA lost to Canada in the FIBA World Cup bronze medal game. 118 to 127. Thanks greatly to 39 points from Canada's leading scorer... Oh, God. It, tell me it wasn't Dylan Brooks. Say, say the name. Say the goddamn name. It was Dylan Brooks? Dylan freaking Brooks? You guys couldn't stop Dylan Brooks? Dylan Brooks? He's, 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 he got shot like 32% from three last year. And now he's unstoppable. Now he's Michael Jordan. Canadian the, Dylan Brooks? What's happening? What is going on? You know, you know something, Charlotte? He's what? never scored 39 points. In a game in his life. Not in college, not in the NBA. But he gets on this level, on this plane, and all of a sudden, he's bombing away from everywhere. And all of a sudden, we don't have anybody who could, we don't have any answers for Dylan freaking Brooks. Are you kidding me? You know the thing I'm really sick and tired of? I just ashed all over myself. I'm sick and tired of everyone saying, oh, our best players weren't there. You mean to tell me I need LeBron, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry to bring... Dylan fucking Brooks? Jesus Christ. Following the loss in Team USA's elimination, Steve Kerr said, I feel bad for my guys. It's hard to build continuity because we have so much turnover from year to year. We have to focus on what's winning a FIBA game. The NBA is very different from FIBA, and some things will be good and vice versa. There's a lot to learn for sure. There is a big difference between FIBA and the NBA. The only thing they have in common is the B. And the A. Oh. So geography, math, and spelling. These are all things that Charlotte's terrible at. I but you know wrote that down. I wrote that down. I wrote that joke down. I bet you 
you wouldn't lose to Dylan Brooks in a spelling contest. No. And that's all that matters here. Yep. You lost you. to Dylan Brooks. I called Canada America Junior last week. And you... It's shameful. In response to Team USA's disappointing fourth-place finish in the FIBA World Cup, LeBron James, heard of him, says he's ready to commit to the 2024 Olympic team and has also recruited Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Jason Tatum, and Draymond Green to join him for the Paris Olympics. Yeah, no, uh, I'm sure LeBron James, the man who redid Space Jam so well, is going to knock the Avengers out the park. What is this, Endgame? I just... By the way, Daniel Tice had his way with Team USA against... We didn't even get to that part. We kind of <laughs> smooth went past the Germany loss to point out that Dylan Brooks gave us work. But you know who else who gave us work? Daniel Tice. Is he even in the league anymore? Where is he? He's Chicago? on the Celtics. No, he's not. He's anymore. back on the Celtics? See, he look, was, you don't he, even know. I don't he even was. know. I don't what? even know. You know what my favorite Daniel Tice thing is? When the what? Celtics played the Heat in the, in the conference finals and some yeah. anonymous scout said Daniel Tice is better than Bam Adebayo. I will <laughs> never forget that. Was but that Daniel what? Tice's burner? No. You know what my favorite part is? So Germany what? Germany goes on to win the, the championship, right? Mm-hmm. Germany wins the championship. And then they played Serbia in that gold medal game. Serbia who had such illustrious NBA names as Bogdan Bogdanovic and Nikola Jovic. You know who didn't play for Serbia? I I do. I do know who didn't, who didn't Give me a play. name. Give me a name. Jokic. Nikola Jokic. The freaking yeah. finals MVP, Nikola Jokic, didn't yeah. play for Serbia. You know what I didn't hear one time in Serbia's what? entire run to, to a silver medal, admittedly? What? Not once did I hear... But our best player's not here. I am sick and tired of that being America's response to getting its ass whooped. Our best players weren't here. Does, is that where we're at now? We got to send the absolute best Hall of Famers top 75 list guys in order to win. And if we don't, we can't win. But Serbia can send its B team and still walk away with at least a silver medal and also not lose to Dylan Brooks? On Yeah, they didn't. They didn't lose to Dylan Brooks. Also, yeah. the last time that Canada medaled was in the 1936 Berlin Olympics. And then Germany just won yeah. the whole World Cup. So it feels <laughs> a little, I mean, there's a World War II joke in there. Not sure I'm trying to make it, but just easy shot. Easy shot. Okay. All uh, right. So, as you mentioned, Germany did win its first ever FIBA World Cup gold, defeating Serbia 83 to 77 behind 28 points from Dennis Schroeder, another person who was on the can scrap heap of the NBA. Where does he play, Charlotte? Not the Lakers anymore. That's all I know. Or maybe, maybe the Lakers still. What? It, I don't know. It doesn't matter. All that okay. matters is right. that Dennis Schroeder and France and Mo Wagner was enough for a gold medal. But apparently, Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Halliburton and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Ingram and uh, Jalen uh, Brunson. Jalen Brunson. And the list goes on and on. And Cam Johnson, Mikhail, that's not enough to win a medal. But <laughs> Dennis Schroeder and the Wagner brothers is enough to win the gold medal. Let that say. Oh, and Daniel Tice. The aforementioned Daniel Tice. Should all, should the German players and the Canadian players and the Serbian players, should they all have better contracts than they have? Like, what's the, what's going on here? I didn't even tell you the most 
fucked up part, Charlotte. What? Pardon my French. No, yeah. It's so, international. There used to be a country once upon a time named Yugoslavia. And it was comprised of Serbia and Croatia and Slovenia and Montenegro. Uh, There was all of these countries that have all these great NBA players. Mm -hmm. If all those guys still played for the same country, shout out to my guy Mike Hall who pointed this out on Twitter. We would get our asses handed to us. Clearly, like the, the only thing that's saving us is a civil war that happened 30 years ago. You know what the German team is nicknamed? Uh, the germs? No. What are they nicknamed? Die Mannschaft. Die I don't, Mannschaft. I don't want to Google that, I don't think. Google it. Just make sure your safe search is on. I don't even know what a safe, safe search is. Uh, well, Dennis so, Schroeder, now, he now plays for the Raptors because he knows that Canada is the real place to play basketball. So, geography, math, spelling, history... And add to it IT, like uh, just being generally aware of. Don't take out your USA bullshit on me. I mean, come on. I'm chain smoking now. In other news, Spurs number one pick Victor Wembanyama showed off his stretching skills the other day. Look at this freak show over here. This is actually just a video of me in yoga class trying to prove to everybody else in the yoga class that I'm better at yoga than they are. While the teacher says, remember, life is not a competition. Didn't Marilyn Manson do something like this in the 90s? Something about like yeah, having rib. a rib removed? Yeah. 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 Bad, bad not someone show. you want to be compared to, probably. Uh, the Houston Rockets have re-signed fan favorite Boban Marjanovic to a one-year deal worth $2.6 million, or roughly 815,000 packs of goldfish. How many State Farm commercials is that? Did did he survive John Wick? I know he was in one of those John Wick movies. Did he make it through? Mm, I feel I like no one did. So I can't do it either. That's the fourth one today. Well, um, you're going through it. Yeah. Late breaking news: the NBA Board of Governors is expected to vote on a measure to enact draconian enforcement of anti-load management legislation finding teams for sitting multiple stars in a single game. Reports indicate that the proposed punitive steps include an escalating fine system that starts at 100 k for a first offense and works its way up. I have a question. Ask- yes? How do you define a star in this situation? Feels a little nebulous to me. So they're, they're calling it if you've been an all-star or an all-NBA player at any point in the last three seasons, then you are a star, which, of course is grounds for rejoicing for the people in Orlando because they don't have one of those in forever. Except for Franz Wagner, who's a world champion now. Good Lord, and Mo. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? I don't know. I don't smoke cigarettes. Oh, my God. I got these because I thought they taste a little better. But What is that? Is that a, a Swisher Sweet? Swisher sweet. God, you've never sound whiter in your life. Hey, uh, we talked to LaMarcus Aldridge last week, and uh, we didn't show you the interview then, but we're going to show it to you now. So let's go ahead and transition to that. Dylan fucking Brooks. Are you going to puke on camera? I might. I just might. I'm legitimately concerned. All right. Oh. 
The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you've got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use code ODDBALL. That's code O-D-D-B-A-L-L for new customers to get 150 smackaroos in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Our next guest had a 17-year NBA career that saw him as a seven-time All-Star and five-time All-NBA selection, playing for the Portland Trailblazers, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Brooklyn Nets. It's LaMarcus Aldridge, everybody. Everybody get crazy. We got LaMarcus Aldridge on the show. LaMarcus, you retired and then unretired and then <laughs> retired again and what which one was easier or which, which one felt the more emotional to you i would say I, either one was easy um you know you're never ready to uh not play anymore you know when you do this from a, a kid up you know this is all you know you know you eat breathe and and uh, sleep basketball, so I wouldn't say you're ever ready. But um, first one was definitely more emotional because it was forced. Um, it was a terrible timing because I feel like if I would have still been around, you know, I, I could have helped that team uh, get past Milwaukee, and you know, anything would have been possible. You know, he just needed, uh, you know, Katie just needed a guy to just knock down, you know, one shot. You know, Kyrie was hurt, so. I look back at that. I'm just like, man, that was terrible time because, you know, that's what I do. I score. So I definitely feel like I could have helped in that series. But it is what it is. But I think my first one was definitely more uh, dramatic and emotional because I wasn't even close to being ready. Even after the second retirement, though, how much do you have to fight, like, the urge to say, psych, I'm coming back for some more? I mean, like, is there anyone who could have picked up the phone and asked you, hey, I know you said you retired, but we're trying to put together something here. We think we can make a run for a chip. Are you ready to come back on the court? The competitor in me would always want to come back and play. Um, you know, <clears throat> you know, I stay in shape. I still work out. So obviously, you know, that would always intrigue me. But, um, you know, at, at some point, you got to stay retired. And <laughs> I'm not Tom Brady, but I guess if he stays, I'll, I'll stay retired too. <laughs> You guys have a pact, a retirement <laughs> pact. It's like if you go back, I go back. Yeah, I call them all the time. It's like you go back, I'm going back too, bro. <laughs> Do you ever see yourself coaching or or working in a front office? Uh, I've thought about front office. Um, you know, I feel like I've been on some really good teams. I've been in some really good environments where I feel like I've learned um, what's needed to have uh, a good team and 
what pieces are needed to, you know, make a team go. So I feel like I've definitely thought about front office. Um, coaching, I don't know, because I wouldn't want to deal with myself when I was playing. Um, I wasn't a bad player. It's just I'm, I was so particular I didn't like change. And I feel like as a coach, you have to change things up sometimes to make sure that you're getting the best out of your team. So um, I would understand the players. I don't know if I could, you know, uh, coach, but um, I think more front office for sure. What What's an example of a moment where now looking back, you could say that I was kind of a little a little uncoachable in that moment because I didn't like change. I would never say I was uncoachable. Um, I think if it's presented to me in the right way, um, I'm pretty uh, receptive to most things. You got one in mind. You got to you, like it's all it's all good, man. Like at the time, you thought you were justified, but looking back, you're like Bobby was a little bit of a jackass right there. <laughs> Uh, I don't have one in mind, but I'm trying to think of one because <clears throat> I think I've always tried to handle myself in uh, you know most professional way. Obviously, we all have our moments. Yeah. What's a moment that you know when you said right now in your answer, I wouldn't want to coach because I know how hard it probably was to coach me. What's a moment that made you think about that that in your answer of saying like I wouldn't want to be a coach because thinking about like what it would have been like to coach me would have been. Not a walk in the park. That was when I got to San Antonio, and we we were winning uh, 60 games that first year. And we were up by 30 at halftime every time, and I wanted to play the fourth. And Pop would fight me and be like, no, you can't play the fourth. But I'm just like, I need my rhythm. So, like, I want to go back back in the game in the fourth. So, I feel like, obviously, he was coaching the team the right way. And, you know, to risk injury wouldn't have been smart. But I would be so frustrated. I'd be like, I need to play more so I can have my rhythm. So, then... We would kind of butt heads a little bit about I want to go in for like two more minutes, but you know it would never happen. So I think that's what I was thinking about is like I understand big picture now is like hey like that's not risk injury for you to get you know two more minutes in the fourth quarter and we're up thirty points. What's it like uh, going head to head with Pop in the fourth quarter in the middle of a game? Like, do, do you remember anything he said to you? Nah, he was. I mean, you know, Pop's a nice guy. Obviously, he has the the rep that he can be, you know, a uh, tough ass, which he can be. But I think if you approach him in the right way, it's never a bad conversation. You know, it was just like, I think he understood I'm a big rhythm guy. Like I have to get up in the morning. I have to go shoot. You know, I'm after the games. I'm shooting sometimes. So I think he understand like my mindset is I have to be in the gym. So um, it was easy. You know, it was just like some, some, uh, you know, some uh, fun banter back and forth of like, well, next game, if I'm broke, don't be mad at me. <laughs> and then, you know, it's you know him saying, "Well, we're, you know, we're we're up thirty, so if you're off, then don't worry." You know, so it's just like big picture stuff for him. You know, which you know, looking back on it, I get. You f- you felt like the way you ended one game impacted the next game. I felt like, yeah, I felt like it could snowball a little bit if um, if you're up. 30 like that that was a crazy season for us like we, we were winning every game by 30 so I wasn't even getting close to 30 minutes I was in like the low 20s if not like 19 18 so for me it's like sometimes you got to grind it out and you got to find a rhythm you got to get that sweat in, and you got to kind of struggle to get your like your rhythm back so if I'm not playing a lot of minutes and then we're winning by 30 again it's like at what point can I find my rhythm and then when the team's that good like 
you're practicing, but it's so quick because, you know, you, you know you're trying to save your legs. So right. it's like, at what point can I find my rhythm and like get, you know, everything like kind of like locked in? You say you're a big rhythm guy, LaMarcus. Do you have any weird superstitions? Like, do rhythm and superstitions go hand in hand? 100%. <laughs> oh, yeah? What are they? Tell us. Uh, I mean, I'm like the most superstitious guy when I played. Um, it was like uh, from from putting on my right sock first, right shoe first, down to if I shot the ball bad, I would chunk uh, the the arm sleeve. I would chunk the the tights I played in. Those shoes would get banned. Like <laughs> I played good, like bring it all back and like let's let's run it back. But if I ever play shitty, I'm like get rid of all that. Don't bring it back and like wash that jersey like three times. Like get that bad juju off the jersey. Like I'm the guy that like definitely thinks about all of the other stuff. If like I. I sleep two and a half hours. I play great on game day. If I sleep, you know, three hours, I play bad. And I'm, I'm up at two and a half hours every time. Like, huh. I time everything to, like, where I'm in a, a rhythm. And it's like everything feels right. So, LaMarcus, you obviously don't know this. You won me a pretty big bet when you were a free agent leaving Portland. And the two teams that were interested were the Suns and the Spurs. And I got yeah. – I used to work for the Suns. I bet – a pretty big amount that you wasn't going to Phoenix. And they were like, oh, you'll see that. Da, 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 da. And, and then they got mad when you ended up going to San Antonio. I said, what do you expect? I said, it's like an actor being presented with uh, two different directors with a movie role. And one director, Steven Spielberg, and another one, Steven Seagal. Who you going to go to, man? Like the Spurs <laughs> had a, a tradition of excellence and been doing well. The Suns had hit hard times. Like it, it, to me, it never, ever made sense that you would go to Phoenix but now that I have you here, was it ever close or was it kind of always San Antonio was number one and Phoenix was maybe a backup if things didn't go right in San Antonio? No, it was really close. Um, I think that's why they felt that way. Um, like I was you know, genuinely interested in going there. Um, why? I, why were you interested in going to Phoenix? This, I got it. Like I got it for the audience, the younger audience. This isn't the Suns you see now that are winning 60 <laughs> games and book and exciting and all. This was a Suns team that was one of the worst teams in the league, had been for three or four years at that point. What made you say, you know what, maybe? Because I felt like at that point in my career, I, I feel like obviously I'm not, you know, LeBron, KD, or those guys, but I feel like I was good enough to help them get better. One of my things I always wanted was to play with Tyson Chandler because I felt like he guarded me pretty well, and I feel like we had some great battles. So I felt like him and I on the same team, I feel like I could have played it to an even higher level because he did so much of the the, the uh, dirty work. So mm-hmm. anyway, I was really intrigued to play with him, and I told them that, and then boom, he was there. And then they had Earl uh, Watson. Er- yeah, he was going to be the coach, or he was the coach, one of those. I think he was next up. So he was there. And then, like, they were – they had Earl Watson, and he was – he 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 knew me, so he was just like, he loves family. Like, he's about this, he's about that. Like, he gave them the map. So the team you saw and what they presented to me wasn't the same. It was like, hey, we understand, you know, like, we're, you know, changing some things up, and, you know, you're about family, and, you know, this, that, and this, and this. So, like, this would be a focal point for us, and this. So it was like 
the map was laid out to be close to the Spurs for its like family environment and, you know, trying to rebuild and, you know, this, that, and this. But at the end of the day, obviously, like I'm from uh, Dallas and, you know, I have all my family in Texas. So it was just nice to come back home and like see my mom more, you know, like see mm. my cousins more. Like it was just a better move for me. One last question for you, LaMarcus. You played in Portland, like you said, it's it's like a college atmosphere. It's the, one of the smallest towns in the NBA. You played in San Antonio, which is a bigger city, but still feels very kind of insulated. And, you know, it's the only major sport in town. And then you play for the Nets, and that's <laughs> New York City, playing with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, big spotlight, big intense media attention. What was that transition like? Was, was it, uh, you know, because some guys play all over the league, so they played big markets, small markets, they, it all kind of blends in for them. But you went from kind of quiet markets to the, one of the loudest. What was that transition like for you? Um, it was easy because... Um, playing with those guys, um, it was like how crazy the game, like how simple the game became. I think my first year, obviously I was only there, you know, year and a half, but um, my first season when I got bought out, um, I remember like we just running this simple play where I go pin down for uh, KD and I, I pin down for him and like he's so good that both players go with him and I just like turn and the ball's in my hand. I just dunk it. I'm just like, I've never Never been that, that open. <laughs> You've yeah, never been that open like, and easy your entire life. I'm like, this This is stupid how, how easy this was. So, um, like, for me, it was easy, man. Like, at that point in my career, like, I wasn't no focus. Um, you know, I was trying to help them win, but it was more about Kyrie, KD, and James. So, you know, I probably did media once a week. So, it kind of felt like I was still in San Antonio because, mm. you know, in San Antonio, you know, popped to make me do media every day, which I, you know, that was one of the reasons why I went there. But, um, but yeah, it was like, you know, I always loved playing on the big stage. So it was funny um, when I was in San Antonio, I loved to go play in Brooklyn because they tried to, um, to me, um, they ad- adopted the whole um, Laker, whole atmosphere where the uh, stage is mm-hmm. lit, like, where the court is lit yeah. and the uh, stands are dark. I've always loved that. Like I had some of my best games when I was young, playing playing the the uh, Lakers at uh, Staples Center because I felt like you're on the stage then, like you're the focal point. So I, I've always loved you know uh, Barclays Arena, and so when I was there, I just enjoyed it. Well, his name's Lamarcus Aldridge. He's a seven-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA player. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm the Walrus. I'm the Eggman. Thank you for watching Oddball. Cuckoo, could you? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones, get it done.